right. Well, welcome to the Eat Wild Podcast. This is um, Dylan here, and I'm hanging out with uh, Jeff Horsfield, who I believe has been on a couple of Whitetail podcasts, and my good friend Jenny P, who fish and hunt together a bunch, and then my uh, friend and work colleague Scott, who is now officially a hunting partner because we've been hunting here together for a week or so. So, welcome everybody to the Eat Wild Podcast. We're hanging out in the grasslands. Um, and deer, so what we call deer winter range, mule deer winter range, uh, along the Fraser River, and we're um, kind of winding down a mule deer hunt, and kind of got everybody's attention and long enough that we we're uh, going to talk about mule deer hunting for a bit. So, welcome, Scott. Thanks, thanks, Don. Yeah, it, Scott says like, don't, don't do this to me. Don't, <laughs> don't, I don't want to do this. Just, I'll just like, I'll be advised how to watch. I'm like, don't worry, you can just be quiet. <laughs> did you get you, you got your buck though, right? I sure did. Yeah. yeah how are you feeling about that? I'm feeling fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You you had a a fairly uh, you guys put in a big effort on, on a Roosevelt elk hunt this year. Yeah. And then. What happened on that front? Oh, it's a bit unsuccessful, but that's what happens when you're hunting rosies on the coast sometimes. So. Yeah, so you snatched victory <laughs> yeah. face to feet here. Sure did. Coming over the deer. Yeah. The best yeah. part about this is that you didn't actually tell your wife <laughs> that you had a successful hunt yet. <laughs> no, I haven't. <clears throat> I had to help my friends pack out meat, and that's how it goes. Yeah, so you, yeah. Scott, Scott had, the, had the whole pass to like <laughs> go on for the weekend. <laughs> With someone of an expectation oh, she, that after he killed the buck, that he would. She's going to listen to this. Well, she might. If she does, that's great. There's just one more person for my, my vast listening audience. Uh, <laughs> all right, Dill. Okay, so, we, so, so, but I told me, like, so, so I'm actually Scott's boss in the real life. <laughs> and, and, and so, Are the you main, though? Well, <laughs> well, I think there might be another real boss in there, but. Well, no, yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. There, yeah, there's that. You're there's absolutely a, right. Yeah. So, I, I actually said. <laughs> that he wasn't allowed to use the uh, in-reach device, which we had a bit of a work meeting up here at, at our hunting camp. We actually, pretty unique opportunity. I, I happen to work with a bunch of amazing people. So I said, hey, let's go. If anybody wants to come hunting in my work group, let's go hunting together. And everybody <laughs> put their hands up. They're like, oh, we want to go. I was like, wow, that's amazing. So I have got seven seven of my colleagues who, you know, have what we call my section, all said, let's go. So I kind of said well shit if we're all going to go somewhere let's have a let's actually have a meeting while we're there and have a team meeting and we ended up spending some time doing a, a team charter and talking about you know our strengths and in, in our group and stuff we want to work on as a team and we actually we had we actually produced a team charter which was, was a lot of fun as well as well we'd had an amazing time because, sure did yeah yeah and uh so within that though that kind of gave everybody license to use their we have <laughs> these in-reach devices which we use for work to uh ensure that our staff um, get home safe every day, right? So as long as we're on a work mission, Scott can check in with his wife <laughs> and say, yeah, hi, hey, baby, I'm home, I'm good. How's, how's home, front? how's the kid, and all that stuff. But as soon as as soon as everybody went home after the work mission, you stayed on just a hunt, you no longer had the work privilege to use the in-reach device. <laughs> so, so actually, the fact that you haven't been able to check in with your wife was actually, it's it's on me. Still is yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely it is. Yeah. So, anyway, so I even will be Appreciate very happy you. when she hears from you. She will. You'll have a buck in the freezer. I sure will. And that's all that matters. <laughs> and of course, I'm here with my hunting mentor, Jeff, who you've probably all met. Hey, Jeff, how you doing? Yo. That's it, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never short on words okay. until now. Yes. Yeah. Is there more necessary there? No, we'll get more out of you, I hope. Yeah, okay. <laughs> for sure. 
And then well, I knew my my hunting my, my well, fishing partner mostly, and then and good friend and ski partner, and now hunting partner Jenny. How's it going, Jenny? Really good. How was your day today? I had a great day. <laughs> why why was it so great? because uh, I killed a buck. And how'd that work out? It worked out pretty well. I went for a relatively <laughs> for you, anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for a relatively short walk and ran into a buck and had a successful shot shot and had my new friend Scott help me clean him up and pack him out. <laughs> yeah, it was a wonderful day, that's for sure. So without kind of giving away like the um where you shot this elk or what part of the world we're in or anything that would actually lead anybody back to your new <laughs> secret spot. Um, what is it about this spot that, that worked? Why did it work out that you end up with the bucks this morning? Because there's food there for them. That's a trick, yep. Lots of it. What else is there? Cover if you use it right. Yeah. And, yeah. What, and why doesn't anybody else hunt there? There's a lot of signs. <laughs> <laughs> there's a few misplaced signs. Oh, that's true. So we cycle this spot. So because you got to walk up a really big hill. <laughs> I would call it a huff and puff. Yeah, it's a so huff and puff hill. Huff and you puff. leave your yeah. truck in the morning and you got to bust your balls to get up this hill. And by the time you get up there, you don't feel so great because you're a bit sweaty and can't really breathe. But take a minute. And so I guess that's your biggest deterrent is to climb up this mountain in the morning. Yeah, for sure. So, and that, and that, and I think that's sort of one of the things about where even today, like, so, so we're in a fairly popular place where there's, there's a lot of hot, it's the weekend showed up today. So it's so Saturday today. And all of a sudden we, we've been here all week and there hasn't been a ton of hunting pressure. All of a sudden the weekend hits and now there's vehicles kind of going everywhere and guys parked everywhere. And it, it becomes pretty apparent pretty fast that you got to find a place that nobody else is willing to go into. And, and this is something that I, kind of uh, certainly a, a Mueller hunting lesson that makes me a better hunter or more successful is I try to get to places where people, other people just wouldn't, wouldn't ever conceive of going. Right? <laughs> I find that works for my mushroom picking. Yeah. 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 When I'm, yeah. I'm like, oh, someone else is picked here. I'm like, oh, yeah. there's a pile of devil's club. Bet you I could find a couple of chanterelles in there. <laughs> and you do. <laughs> yeah, you're tough enough. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Anyways, Jeff, when when did you start hunting mule deer? Um, I can't remember. Maybe in about oh the late seventies. No, the mid seventies, actually, about the mid seventies. Down at yeah, I have to edit that out now. That's beep. <laughs> yeah, but that, that you know that was well, that was what like just about forty years ago or something. Or it was forty years ago. We're not going to bleep out your F-bombs. We're just going to bleep out the Anyway, mule deer hunting is the classic deer hunting of North America, really. You know, whitetailing has sort of got this real popularity thing. But, you know, your classic grasslands, mountain hunting for mule deer, that's, that's as good as it gets. As good as it gets, for sure. When you first started hunting in the this, what was the first thing you learned when you were mule deer hunting that really was a game changer? For when all of a sudden you went from just sort of being generally like exploring the mountains and so so I, I guess the first thing is that we 
where where did where did mule deer live? Like what 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 type of country are you looking for when you think about mule deer hunting? Well, personally, I'm looking for your 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 sort of semi-arid grassland mountain country. I mean, there's lots of mule deer in other places too. Like you know, you go out the Kootenays and that, and they're they're just in they're in timber lots, you know, like hunting blacktails on Vancouver Island, which is what I learned to hunt. So, hmm. but I read the old classic hunting, all the old classic hunting stuff, you know, where you went and got your your mule deer in North Dakota or someplace, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so what was the first thing you learned that actually changed how you approached hunting mule deer? Uh, like, where, where did you feel like you kind of went from being like a semi-successful to like a consistently successful? <clears throat> um, well, I learned to hunt blacktails in Vancouver Island in the timber. So, I already knew how to do that, and a lot of mule deer hunters won't go in there. So, I almost all the mule deer I've got, actually, I mean, I've shot a few in the, in the middle of grassy fields and stuff, but almost all of them mm -hmm. have been in relatively solid timber. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So. They, so, and that's what we're talking about today. So, like. so, so, I mean, you can look around, you can take a scan around the grassland, drive through any of these sort of pieces of the world where there's some mule deer around and look out there and see that there are no mule deer out in the middle of that grassy field or rarely anyway so or they might have been out there yeah they might have been out there at night but during the day when you're allowed to hunt they're actually in the timber and the, on the fringes and that yeah hmm. and that's what you taught me to do is to look in the timber well i mean i i learned to hunt white-tailed deer and that's what i learned to do which is, i think is What's harder, whitetail hunting or, or blacktail hunting? Well, whitetail hunting is a whole different uh, ball game. Blacktails are like mule deer that just live in thick timber and are littler, but they're not not even close to as weary as whitetails. Hmm. Hmm. Especially like in the in the rut in November and that they're just numbering the sticks. Yeah, just find a spot where they are. Which is harder and harder to do. Uh, well, where I live, I mean, yeah. Well, I think everywhere. I mean, they, they like timber and they well, like to. Well, and I like hunting them in big timber where you could walk through and it was pleasant and, you know, you could see for quite a ways and they were happy and that's where they lived. Yeah. Yeah. So, so today there's a, I have a couple, well, a couple theories to, so what, one, one theory of hunting whitetail, or sorry, mule deer, there is to like, is the classic spot and stock. So there's a spot up at the, uh, in the, in us in, in our sort of traditional hunting area that you, that you turn me on to, or well, yeah, you okay. turn me on to, well, well, big buck mountain, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I think you could look on a map for a while and try to find that. And you, find it. <laughs> you might find a lot of them. I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so big buck mountain, this, this is kind of, a, this is a long, this is kind of a long story, but, um, I mean, we guess derailed a bit, but I remember, so you, you told me to go hunt there when I was about 18 or 19. I, I must've just been old enough to go there with my own. Have your own truck and everything. My own truck and my own gun. So it must've been 19. And you sort of said, go hunt Big Bob Mountain. And, and I always hunted it from the one end when you could drive quite a ways up it. That would be the east end of it. Yeah. And 
and I would and I would kind of I would hunt my way on the ridge and over the years I realized all the the best spot on the ridge was kind of where this red rock bluff was right and that was kind of it was a pretty long walk like so by the time you get there it's kind of the uh, yeah it's not morning anymore yeah. or not early morning yeah, anyway. because because mule deer typically they're 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 really active for the first hour or two maybe they're still out yeah. in the boat wandering around in the alpine and then they bed down their hardest spot and see so by the time i get to the red rock bluff it would be like i don't know like yeah they, 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 they'd be a couple deer lingering or the deer wandering off and going to bed down i wouldn't get a chance at them so I called Jeff. I said, "Look, I'm thinking about going into. I figured out that the Red Rock Bluff is the place to go, and you and you said, oh, yeah, that's definitely the place to go.' And I said, well, I'm going to drive in the other end of this ridge and go up this logging road and go up as high as I can drive, and then I'm going to hike up there.' And you're like, "Do you remember this conversation?" Yeah, yeah, I do. He said, "What did you tell me?" I told you uh, not to go walking straight up there. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe not even drive up the road, but actually driving up the road, I think, is fine because it's far enough away from the Alpine and stuff that nobody's yeah. ever going to know. But yeah, don't go straight up the Red Rock Buff. Yeah. Because they'll hear you coming. No, they'll know it for hours before you get there. Yeah. <laughs> so you said. Go up the other yeah, other ridge. Yeah, go look, push through the bush for a bit, and you'll eventually find this other ridge. And then you go up that one, that kind of puts you on a ridge where you can actually spot the Red Rock Bluff properly. Yeah. And you'll also be able to see this other basin that's that's pretty deary. So I, so I, I'm with a work a friend of mine who's also a work colleague, my friend Mike at the time, and uh, he just got turned on to hunting. He's a new hunter, and he's fired right up about it all. And so I take him up on this uh, this, this alpine hunt, and uh, we drive to the top of the ridge, and we're standing there. We park the truck, and there's this really obvious ridge that goes out to the red block bluff, and we're like, "Well, we should just go up there." And I'm like, "No, no, 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 we can't go up there. We got to go push through the bush and find this other ridge and go up there." So we do that, we go up to the ridge and climb up and we get to we break out an alpine and it's a really obvious spot to sit. And we're sitting there for a little bit and we see, actually Mike spots a doe and he says, and he says Dylan, Dylan, this is, I think that's a buck. And I come sneak over to him and I look down and it's a nice buck. It's a real mature, nice buck. And, um, I'm like right on there's a real buck and and then and then and then right below the red rock bluff so i'm like okay well this is how it works so you're going to climb up top of the ridge cut across get the red rock bluff crawl on your belly out there and you should be looked down the other side of the gully those deer will be there and go for it so mike gathers up his gear goes up the ridge crosses over it's red rock bluff crawls over bang deer tumbles down the hill boom done so we go there and deal with it. It's a beautiful year. Awesome day. Um, we actually had a couple other work colleagues with us there, two friends of ours. And could, and they came up the hill and joined us. And it was lots of fun. So great <clears> feel <throat> your hunt. Classic. Drag it down. Uh, drag it right down the ridge, all the way to the truck. Mm -hmm. <laughs> on the open ridge, it goes right to the truck. You didn't quarter or anything? You uh, yeah. No, we, it was actually before I was smart enough to know how to cut them up in a four quarters or, or well and it was a it was a pretty smooth drag actually too. okay yeah no, we actually nice. had to cut it in half it was a big deer oh. so we had to cut it in half and dragged out two halves really? which i wouldn't do again yeah. get messy no hmm. not really but just it was so steep in spots that you couldn't really drag the whole you're sort of steering it yeah, you're steering i know it. i dragged a couple down there 
never heard <laughs> yeah, that. Right. I can drag it out. It's not good. I mean, in oh, retrospect, thanks. we should have just because we had four people, we got to just cut it up, yeah, into four pack loads and just. Yeah, then you had four yeah. guys that knew what was going on there. Though. You, well, maybe it wasn't one person that knew what was going on. So. <laughs> hey, so you know, uh, you know, actually, one of the one of the things that really made a difference to uh, my learning to do a lot of this hunting stuff is that uh, I was a commercial fisherman. So in the by fall, I didn't have anything to do. I could go go for ten days or two weeks, or you know, I was about to say that nobody really care, but that might not be completely true. <laughs> so so by not just going for a weekend, I mean you could see and figure out things eh, that that just going for a weekend to those spots where you get there, you know, half pissed and late on Friday night, <laughs> and you know, then hunt Saturday and Sunday morning and go home. Like it's it's that's a lot tougher to learn over the long run, you know. Yeah. <laughs> we're trying to chain you know jeff up on mic management um, so you're saying that well having the time to watch the deer yep. made a huge difference and to fart around yeah. and yeah. look, and look yeah, and yeah. keep trying experimenting around and searching yeah. and, you get know. to know a spot yeah. so so one of the things that i talk about in my core class in my hunting hunter education class is like like it's you really need to put in the time to figure stuff out, mm -hmm. to test. The, yeah. So every every hunt I go, I go on. I call it a hypothesis. I have I have a theory that before I start out on a hunt, I have a theory. Even tonight, like we have this little hunt tonight, and I'm like, I have a theory that if I just like get over to that ridge and walk down that ridge and look down at that gully, that there might be a deer there. And then you go and test it, and then it either mm -hmm. works or it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And then along the way, you learn something, and you're like, oh well, I just learned something. That, that's a, that's a fact that the deer come and go from that gully. And now I've got all these facts that contribute to my ability to be a better hunter. And so like Jeff has accumulated these sort of hypothesis hunts mm -hmm. and, and have resulted in facts. And then he tells me what all the secrets of the, and then I implement them <laughs> years later. So. And think they're new ideas for you, but no, that's the best part. Is that, is that what I really love is that so we're here, we're hanging out here. We're, we're just in a place that Jeff's hunting a bit and I've hunted a bit. Right? And so I, I've got these hypotheses about where, you know, where I might get a deer out of it. And of course, Jeff's already done it and proved it one way or the other. So now they just trick us whether I can, can Jeff remember what the result was from the experiment of hunting those spots. <laughs> yeah, that's the kicker. Well, yeah. And usually, Usually I can either remember that, yeah, it was a yes or a no. I don't remember, you know, you say, well, what was it like there? What was going on there? And I'd say, well, I can't remember, <laughs> but I'm telling you, I've never been back. Yeah, I know. And if it's my favorite spot, I'm not going to tell you anyway. <laughs> well, I always, so I always knew. When, when, as Maybe a, you, but not this guy. I always knew when I was in you know, a spot that I, that, so if I was in a good Jeff spot, like Jeff would kind of vaguely tell me where to go or well, he would tell me where to go. And then I would have to try and, I mean, this is before there was GPSs and all these like tools they actually get you where you want to go. And I would, I would wander up in a northeasterly direction up the hill. And all of a sudden it would get fucking nice and there was deer everywhere. There's big, beautiful fur and grassland and white-tailed deer walking around like, oh, I'm in the right spot. And then it, and then I would go so far as to go sit somewhere where I could see most of it. Right, and I'd be sitting on a rock, or just behind a rock, or on a stump, or whatever. And if I turned over the rock that's in front of me, and there was a can of sardine under there, <laughs> I knew it was in the right spot. <laughs> uh, yeah. well, I figure I came out with a new hunting style this weekend that I put a name to. People do spot and stock. I think I've got 
wander and wonder. <laughs> oh, I wonder if the I wonder if there's a deer over there. Well, I'll wander over and see, <laughs> and that's my whole day. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, that's that's that's, that's, that's pretty what, much hunting. Pretty right? much yeah. hunting. Yeah. 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 Wander and wander. Wander and wander. <laughs> and it's a great day, even if I don't get a buck. It's a great day, and I've had a great hunt. Pretty happy. Okay. Yeah, sure. So is. one or one. So those are actually these are we're gonna come to this. We're gonna kind of come to like three or four different ways of hunting uh, mule deer. One, one is wander, wander. Uh, one is bump and shoot, which we'll come to. Mm. Um, but we're so just on the topic of spot and stock uh, as as a theory. We're 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 more in the wander, wander. We're, we're hunting right now where we are. We're in more wander and you know yeah wander around yeah. bump into a deer, bump and shoot, kind of where we are, but. But in yeah, the, in, pretty much your classic style, yeah. still hunting. Still hunting, you know, yeah. We're, we're, we're still hunting timber, um, which is a bit different than how we still hunt whitetails because it's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a faster pace you can get away with for mule deer. But let's just finish off talking about spot and stock hunting. And I'll, and I'll, I'll finish off the story about just, just in respect to uh, Mike and his big buck there, which was interesting about the mule deer hunting. Is, um, so Mike is this great big buck. And there we are. Um, so we, we both birthed Mission Environment and work on this project called the Conservation Corps at the time. And we're, we're a month or so later, we're, we're sitting at this big parks conference or something. Like that. We're, 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 we're out there after dinner with some folks from, from parks after this conference. And we're sitting down for dinner and, I, and we're hanging out with, with Gary Glintz, who's a, an old time parkie. And um, Mike, Mike and Gary get chatting. And Mike... <laughs> Gary's a passionate hunter and, and Mike's like, Hey, I just started hunting and they started chatting and, and then Mike's like, well, I just got, I got my first buck. He's like, well, where'd you get your first buck? And, and then he's like, Oh, I got it on big buck mountain. And, and he's like, it's no big deal. It's super easy. You just like park at the bottom of the hill. You climb up the hill and you shoot your big buck <laughs> right on the red block bluff and it's no big deal. <laughs> down. Anyway, so it turns out that Gary is named Big Buck Mountain. <laughs> and he fed, him and Jeff fed their families on the deer they harvested from Big Buck Mountain for many years. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So that was a, sort of funny. But so, so the, the, the part that I really appreciate about this is, is it's so much about like, so anyways, Gary was, was what you, Jeff, your hunting partner for years, yeah, right? Yeah. And, and you guys explored this country for many years. And, and so part of the reason why we knew, uh, the only reason why we knew about how to hunt this spot, especially which ridge to climb up, is because of the knowledge passed on from you to, well, from, well, be you and you and Gary developed, then you passed on to me, and then I handed it off to, to Mike, and then there's full circle, right? Yeah. It's funny how that all started, too, because a guy told me about it, eh? Yeah. And uh, so this is now our, our great friend, Larry, that if you followed Dylan, you would have heard of him. And at the time, I, I, I didn't know him at all. And uh, I knew a guy who is his part-time neighbor at a cabin he had on an island in the Gulf Islands. And uh, so this guy kind of weaseled this out of some guy secondhand. And so, so here we take off to go up to this place, right? And, and we had a great hunt. Like this was completely unique to us to go to the, you know, the Alpine and, and hunt mule deer, eh? And years later, at least 20 years later, before I actually met this Larry guy who was the, the, the originator of this whole whole scheme and the whole spot and everything like that, eh? Since then, we've been great friends. <laughs> 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 but 
but it was years and years before we met and found out that, oh, yeah, Larry. Oh, you're the guy that told me about this, eh? <laughs> and he's a guy that can't keep his mouth shut, so it's... Uh-oh. Well, he likes talking about it. He's, he's, he's yeah. open with sharing with us. So but, but, open okay. with sharing, yeah. So, so, <laughs> so, kind of but the interesting thing, so, 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 Gary, so, so Larry went in there for whatever, like 50 years ago when he first went in there? Well, at least, yeah. Yeah. And he sorted out this area and he got gravity to do this one ridge and then he grabbed it. So, so Larry doesn't call it Big Buck Mountain he, and he doesn't call it Red Rock Bluff. He calls it something Yeah, he else. calls it Red Rock Bluff, Red Rock Bluff. Oh so yeah, that Red Rock Bluff is his, but, but we call it Big Buck, but it's not actually Red. We, we never call it Red Rock Bluff. He calls it Red Rock Bluff. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same place. Big and Buck is actually the basin to the east there, that big basin. Yeah, the big basin, but, but it's they, the same they, place. they drove a logging road and stuff into it and we changed yeah. that. That was a great spot. So, so, but Larry, if you talk to Larry about where he's killed all his bucks, yeah. it's the exact fucking spot that we've killed all our deer. Yeah. But it's just, <laughs> so when he went in there, he figured it out 50 years ago. Then you went in there 30 years ago, you figured it out. And then I went in <laughs> there 20 years it. ago, and then I figured it out. And we and we all zoned in on the exact same spot. And, and basically the same sitting rock on the same killing rock over three generations of hunters yep. in that same area that just generally know how to, you know, that, yeah figure out a particular spot. And but if I hadn't heard about it from Larry or, or, you know, more or less through Larry, that way back there, I wouldn't have never gone, known to go there. But the interesting part it's is- a pretty it, obscure spot. Well, it's obscure, but he didn't tell you to go to the rock where you probably killed most of your deer, right? There's no, that no, one little no, base in no, there that they- no, no, and, and you didn't tell me to actually kill my deer. Well, maybe you did. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I mean, that's that's sort of how it, how it develops, you know, and it's, and if you kind of, if you, if you start to figure out, you know, all the things that you want to figure out, well, or observation and kind of getting to know how, what meals are like, you kind of get focused on the same areas and, mm-hmm. and over years of hunting them, you consistent. Yeah. There's yeah. A certain well, yeah. So I've noticed, I mean, over time, people are inquisitive for everybody. So people learn stuff and, eventually they, t- they learn their focus on the same spots. That's why you go hunting around and you go all over the province, you keep bumping into the same guys, right? Yeah, totally, yeah, <laughs> you know? totally. The same oh, kind of guys anyway. Well, right? yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, so now what was my point there? I had an actual, you know, <laughs> erudite point I was going to make, but I forgot it, so okay, carry on. <laughs> no problem. Uh, all right, so, but the, the nuts and bolts of spot and stock hunting is, uh, what are the nuts and bolts? What are the like, fundamentals? What are the, what are the, Two or three things you can do to be a successful spot and stock hunter. Ooh. Well, the first thing you got to do is find an area where spot and stocking works. Hmm. Which, so some guys do it in logging slashes in the coastal country more. And, well, I guess in the interior too, eh? But I'm more of a mountain guy. If I'm going to do it, there's got to be sort of mountainy stuff like that around for me to have to get my interest. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm not really a great spot. And so I've never found it all that successful. Like I've never, well, it's, I can't quite say that's true. I've yeah. never, I've never looked around and spotted some nice mule deer up sitting up on that hill, little hillside over there and yeah. managed to go sneak around and shoot it. Never. No, I've never no. done that. Huh. Well, I've got some questions then too. That's yeah. good. About the language. Cause I still hunting me since sitting in a blind. But yeah, but no. no. But it's understood by hunters to be wandering around carefully. Cruising through the bush. Staying yeah, I didn't so, know that. so slow and still that, you know. Yeah, that's, that's an unfortunate yeah. name. So then, okay, so spawn stock then, define that. Is you're glassing a hill from far away. Yeah. You spawn from, a deer from far away, yeah. From how far? 
Well, it could be four mm-hmm. months. So the deer that I, uh, the deer that I shot this year, it was two kilometers away, and we closed the distance and shot it. So you're glassing a pretty big area two kilometers away. Yeah. You yeah. see a buck, mm-hmm. and you close in on it and you shoot it. That's yeah. your spot stock. Yeah. And yeah. then and then the uh, the next day, Karen saw a deer that was four kilometers away. It was a mature buck, and we, I, you could say, we spot and stalked. We we closed in on it. And then we still hunted up on the group of deer and we didn't see the buck again, but we, so, but we snuck in as in still hunting. Okay. So. But the buck that you ended up getting was, that wasn't a spot and stock. That was. That was a spot and stock. It was. That was definitely, it was a, we saw it from a ways away, closed the distance, got to within 300 yards and shot it. So what's the, so you don't lose sight of it and start still hunting? Is that the... Well, well no, I, I think, like, well, spot and stock, you, you, theoretically, you see an animal from afar in an alpine basin or an alpine meadow or in a burn, and then you... Or a log and slash. Or a log and slash, and then you, like, close the distance and sneak up on it and shoot it. So there's probably an element of still hunting always right. at the end right. of it, right? Mm-hmm. You're always sneaking up. If you're still hunting, it's, like, wandering around, hiding behind trees... You have no idea if there's deer there. You just think you're in a dairy spot, and then you come around a yeah. corner and 40 yards is a buck. Yeah, right. Yeah, like you and I were doing. Yeah, a couple yeah. days ago, exactly. That's yeah. So, yeah. Still, so we're doing a lot of still hunting here because, well, there's we did some on the on the on those grassland flats. We were doing some spot and stock hunting, and then on the and then the forest here, we're we're, we're yeah, definitely still hunting. So, still, uh, I mean, spot and stock means that you're. You're going after a specific animal that you know is there. It's not necessarily going to be right, laying in yeah. the same bed when you get there, and it almost certainly isn't going to be. But hmm. but you know that it's there in that area. Whereas still hunting, you're sort of snooping around likely territory, um, planning on bumping into one. So so it's interesting you say that the hunter success rate when we talk about it. like I, I actually like I, I think I've done. 20 odd years in the big buck on the big rock ridge or in that area and it's all just big buck but i explore on there and, and i think i've killed or i had me or someone I've taken in there we've killed five bucks in 20 years right which is mm. fairly low hunter Pretty success low. rate yeah. yeah especially it's mostly experienced guys yeah yeah totally and, and i know where i'm going on. And, but every time we have an awesome hunting experience. We always see deer. You, you mm-hmm. always spot deer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and so, you, so you have these amazing hunts, but they're very low odds of success. Yeah. You yeah. see them, but you can't get them. Whatever, whatever it is, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's the obvious benefit. Yeah. Right? You can, so, you know, there's so, animals there. So I recall, so Jeff took me here to where we're hunting now. And we hunted here for five years. We just went here in October and we started hunting and I, and I killed, I think it was four or five, four, Five. Yeah, we had pretty good success. Yeah, like five, five years in a row, we killed two deer a year in three or four days. And they're all, you know, four point bucks and not, not like monsters, but all nice, like three year old bucks. And um, so, so the hunter success rate is is much higher. And, and we're not spot and stalking here. We're now, here we are still hunting through timber in winter range where the deer have migrated off those alpine areas down into yeah. timber or in onto the grasslands here and um we're sneaking around just looking for you know well we're basically using our whitetail hunting techniques mm. to hunt mule deer mm-hmm. and it's way more successful and because every day i hunt here i feel like i can kill a deer whereas when i'm 
alpine spawn stock hunting it's it's awesome experience but low odds yeah. of success yeah. you can see them they're just kilometers away and yeah and then you get there you spend all <laughs> day getting there, there. <laughs> yeah, they're not there yeah. so yeah but it's funner and like. most of that terrain is not thick with deer yeah like there may be little spots that well you're trying to hunt for big bucks usually in the early fall yeah so you might find a if you if you find one, you might find two or three bucks there, right? Yeah. But they're away from the other deer. There there might be no other deer for miles around. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, they're spread pretty thin on the ground, and they stay away from the little bucks and the and the does and everything at that time of year, right? So there's not really a whole lot of excitement and sign to show you what's going on. Yeah, you're just so. looking for a small group. Of, yeah, you <laughs> spend a lot of time looking for deer. Yes. But it's fun. I, I love it. I, 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 I think I like to get one of those trips in every year if I can. Like, because, you know, not only you're, you're exercising, you're getting up in the alpine, you're climbing around, you're looking. And then when you do see something, boy, is it ever exciting. Eh? <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's lovely too, right? I mean, just, just yeah. wandering around up there. Yeah. You got to do that. But it's but it's low, low, low hunter success rate. Yeah. I would say. So let's move on to the sort of spot and stock or, um, um, what we're doing here so our so so here we are we're we're, we're in grassland country where there's fir trees uh kind of edging on the top of the hills and then edging down the grasslands down below um and it's and we're we're a fairly popular and lots of other hunting pressure so what are we doing here to create success and or what have you done here in the past jeff to create success for yourself in this area well in the past, we, we, we often went to that one particular spot, right? Yeah. And uh, which had really a low number of people going there. I mean, people would drive to the end of the road. We were, we were right at the end of a road. People would drive to the end of the road, see that we were there, and basically turn around. There was nothing much to see, right? Mm -hmm. So we hunted the timber there, basically. And most of these guys that are driving around mule deer hunting are not really thinking about hunting the timber like we do, like getting in there in the morning and spending the day in the bush with them, right? Yeah. They want to drive around and look at these very spots. Well, maybe they'll maybe they'll spot a good buck in one of these spots where you can see for a mile. The only problem is that it's a mile away and you know you can't get there really. Yeah. So so a lot of these guys are sort of just fluke hunting, I'd say, you know, by my standards. Uh, but we never got those deer by spot and stock. We got them by almost whitetail hunting them in the bush mostly. I'd say so. So, so what does that look like? This is breaking down for people. We, we say whitetail hunt. I know what that means, right? Oh, 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 okay. Yeah. So still hunt. What does still hunt look like to you? Still hunting to me, uh, well, at the refined point where you get a deer, it's very carefully sneaking through what you hope is good deer habitat. And after a while, you'll get an idea because you'll see the odd deer. Uh, but still hunting also entails a lot of exploration because there's usually a lot of land between those spots, right? Yeah. So you've got to find places that are a high percentage and recognize them when you get to them. So, you know, that's that's most of it is getting to recognize where deer actually live. Mm -hmm. You know, putting in your little bank every time you find some deer, what was it like there? Oh, well, if I see someplace like that again, I should go there. Mm -hmm. And if I see someplace else that's impossible to deal with, I should do my best to get the hell out of it. <laughs> yeah. 
Don't yeah. go back. Or and and no. So so today, it's funny because I had that exact feeling. Like I, I covered a bunch of ground that was deery, and then I hit this one spot. I was like, oh, this is real deery. And I and I just I, I went from my I have a couple different paces. I have my whitetail pace, which I hunt. Well, we're hunting whitetail. Like you, you basically, you might be able to walk from well to be successful. We're, we're just for we're we're just stoking the fire there. That's what the noise is, and we're sitting in our wall tent, a bit windy out, and keeping the stove going. Um, but anyways, when you're hunting whitetail, like like I I I, I basically I, I sneak from a tree. And I look over everything I can look at and then with my binoculars and look on the ground or through the trees. And then if I don't see a whitetail, then I sneak to the next tree and I do it all over again. And I do this because I'm hunting in places that I've hunted for 35 years that I know whitetails live. So that I, I, I have every confidence that there's a whitetail there. I, just, I can't see it. Mm. So I, so I, it's up to me to fucking see it. And I know that I'm, I, I have no I have no doubt about whether I'm in the right spot or not, which is the hardest part That's of what I'm still hunting. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. you're because yeah. you're always doubtful that you're in a spot where where after 35 years of hunting whitetail in the same yeah, spot, you got a pretty good idea. This is a good spot. Yeah. So so here where I haven't hunted as much, I'm more so going on the recognition of the type of habitat or the type of terrain mm-hmm. that could then slow me down enough to be like, okay, I'm gonna I am I actually gonna still hunt here, and. Um, so today I, I, I have my, I have two paces. I have my still hunting, whitetail still hunting pace, and then I have my, my, my bump and shoot pace. So there's, there's another theory of, of mule deer hunting where you can basically just like cover ground yep. and, yeah. and just leg it across the country. And this is what we, yesterday we kind of had a, my whole day was bump and shoot because I never felt at any point. Oh, was it was someplace where you had to slow right down and yeah, yeah. Th- there was never enough sign. There was never yeah. enough, like you just didn't look right. There just wasn't yeah. the animals hadn't been using enough. So bump and shoot for me is like, well, mule deer are different than whitetails in the sense that they will, um, they'll hang around long enough for you to usually see them for one thing. And then often even potentially get a shot at them. They, they typically will, if you, if you're cruising through the bush, Particularly if you're in a if you're in thicker timber, and, and so like if you're if you're walking across an open field and they see you, they'll they'll bugger off. They they see you, they see your silhouette, they know what you are, they're gone. But if you're, I, I just always try and stay in the timber or the edge of the timber so that if I do bump a deer, they kind of got to look at me and try to figure out if I'm a deer or if I'm a human or what the hell I am. So they'll stand around long enough for you to see them and try to interpret what you are, and in which case I might be able to potentially get a shot at him or whatever, or figure out what I'm going to do next. Um, and so if I'm in a spot that like, well, so anyway, so mule deer, you can kind of bump them and then. And still have a chance to get them. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, the same circumstance with a white tail. They're gone. You maybe come back in a couple of days. Yeah. 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 You don't get that chance. So you, no. in white tail, you definitely have to see them before they see you. Yeah. Oh, well, or you have to be way more prepared to shoot. When they right, see instantly, you, when, yeah. they see you, they'll stand there looking at you long enough. You can shoot them, but so you're moving slower generally with white tail. Oh, still? oh, for sure. Yeah. What yeah. Pete says he moves. Was it one step every thirty seconds on the white tail fence? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe oh. when he's right on the spot or something. But I mean, you still got to explore sometimes too, right? Well, that's it, and I guess that's it. You got to 
part of knowing when to but move i mean in some of the places where we hunt whitetail i've hunt whitetails now there for i don't know 35 years or yeah. something I pretty well know the spots. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they come and log them on me or something. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's that. Yeah. But so there's spots where, where there's maybe a, a 20 acre spot that I've shot a dozen deer on in that, in that, in that zone, that little zone. Yeah. yeah. And I know he's got a spot there like that. He's probably, he's shot more than that there. <laughs> I've seen that spot. And that was your, <laughs> and it used to be your spot before I stole it from you. <laughs> Like but I was never as successful there as you. Oh, it, oh, it, yeah, okay, at eighteen k, or really? oh, oh, oh. Anyways, this, this is yeah, it doesn't matter. Oh, that's it. No, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm detail, pretty good man. at eighteen k. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, oh yeah, that that spot, yeah, that. But lately, that's been a good spot, yeah. Oh, but wind's picking up again. Oh, it's picking up again. We're just we we've been riding out this windstorm here in our in our spot here. We, we, Reminds me, Jen. I'm not sitting near as close to the fire as you. You can throw Jeff, another couple throw sticks more. on there. You know? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> oh, you're still plugged in. Well, I think I that. can do it. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. I'm gonna stoke the fire nice. while yeah. podcasting. Beautiful. Yeah, you, you, you got it. That was well done. I didn't just wander through the woods and. I had a guy from this guy Malcolm, who's a producer at Tell Us. TV or something like that, and, he, and he's, a, he's a neat, wild guy. Like he, like, he's done a bunch of my courses. He's, he's like, he listened to my podcast. Like, you have the best background noise. Like most guys, like really try and fucking curate yeah. that shit. Like, like pitter patter, refrain on the tent, and like yeah. you know, like the crackle. Wall, yeah, crackle, crackle the fire. Like, you know, that's just real life, dude. <laughs> yeah. All right, so still hunting. So we covered off still hunting tree to tree, and that that's definitely a whitetail technique, but it definitely is part of. Um, well, it's uh, also far and away the most successful in timber country for blacktails. I mean, by a factor of huge. Oh yeah. To these guys that want to spot them in the slashes and stuff like that. Eh? Well, what's oh, yeah. yours? I could. I yeah. could. And personally, it's my most enjoyable way to hunt. Yeah, me too. Oh, I think it is. Yeah. It's a lovely. And you hunt. told me this years ago. If you can learn to hunt, if you can learn to hunt whitetail spawn stock, or sorry, 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 if you can learn to hunt whitetail still hunt, and you can hunt anything, like I'd say, yeah, yeah, just it's kind of the found foundational thing that if you can figure it out, you can hunt anything, and then you know when to go into it, like, and that was even today. So that was my thing today. As I was on my, I was on my bump and shoot, which is another theory of like most mule deer will stand around long enough. So if you cover ground and you bump into a mule, deer, they'll, they'll, they'll stand there and look at you for a second. And then and if you're, if you're paying attention, you can catch them when they're just get up out of their beds or they put their heads mm -hmm. up when they're feeding and they look at you. And then you have a few, you have a few seconds to look at them and assess if they're a buck or if they're legal, whatever. And then they'll, they'll take off if they're concerned. And they'll, they'll bound away like 40 to 80 yards away from you. And if you're hip to it, you can actually either just, if you're in a spot where you, you can't see where they're going, you just sit there and get your binocs out and watch them where they go. And then they'll stop. Well, Scott, how long did that guy let me look at him today? I don't a know. Minute? Yeah, probably a minute or so. At least? Yeah. Yeah, after we bumped seven does and... This guy, he didn't care. Bounced no. seven does and he was looking at me, looking at Scott. Yeah. No. Walked up a couple steps, gave me a better shot. Yeah. Hung out. 
after all his friends just bounded off. Yeah. And I was sure he was going to take off Curious. too, but I know his I mother was... told him. Yeah, when I go, you go. <laughs> but no. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> that would have helped him out today. Yeah, I was yeah, sure. Should listen to that. Sure, sure, should have listened to his mom. So you can definitely like um, with your deer, Scott. Yeah. Like those deer had sense we were there. Oh yeah. Like they knew we were there, but they were they were 190 or 180 yards away. Yeah. And they knew we were there. But if they're hot but mule deer are comfortable having about a about a well in timber they seem to they seem to be f- comfortable hundred yards from whatever is that they're uncomfortable with. Yeah. So if you're if you if you sneak through and they're like, oh there's something there, they'll bound off about ninety yards and then if you cool. can put yourself in a position you can see that 90 yard distance, then you can get a crack at them. Got so, an opportunity, yeah. yeah. So a lot of times <laughs> if I'm bumping, if I'm doing the bump and shoot thing, I, like I'll cruise along and then all of a sudden deer bounces away. I'll just run after it and I'll get to a tree. Literally run. Literally run. Yeah. Like towards it. And I get to a tree where I can have a bit of vantage on the direction that it's going. So that it gives me, I got the tree for cover and the yeah. tree for a rest. And then I've got, and I, and I kind of go in the direction that I think I could see it going. Yeah. And then it'll stop and look back at me to figure out what I'm doing. And often that's 80 yards away or 60 yards away. And it'll be stand there. And that, and that's probably how I've killed most of my... That was what I was going to ask. Like your success rate, or, you know, spot and stock versus still hunting. Like what's... Well... <laughs> well, the thing whoa, is that... Whoa. Oh, we got some smoke coming in here. Spot and stock is really only viable in... in in this, certain relatively in this rare country, right? Well, even here, you could drive around. How long are you going to drive around spotting before you actually yeah. see something to stalk? Yeah. Well, and I thought, oh, yeah. You don't like the story about the you took me into your secret, secret spot and I wasn't allowed to GPS anything. And I was like, well, this is great. I'm going to die because I'm going to get lost, but I better pay attention and don't secret spot. And, well, we sat in that secret spot for, and we sat, and I don't like to sit down. I can't. It's not one of my favorite things to do. I can't sit still for very long. We're staring at this mountain all day long. The clouds are coming in. And I'm all fired up because I'm in Dylan's secret spot. And I can't sit still. And all day long, we saw nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. And I'm like, can I go walk around? Nope. No, we're going to worry. This is going to work. I'm like, all right. So anyway, that was one instance where... The spot and stock didn't work out. Stock didn't <laughs> well, work. he didn't spot though. We didn't oh, see anything. Yeah, the spot. Yeah. How did your yeah, spot okay. and stock work out this morning that I put you on? So that, well, I would, there's a deer hanging, but yeah, okay. like, uh, 100% perfect, like 40 yards behind me, but I wouldn't. Is that a spot and stuff? Okay, I would question. say this, yeah. No, from no. my perspective. Because they came over the hill and found there, yeah. there's the deer. We that bumped a, those deer. That was we didn't even get but you knew they were there. You say you still hunted those deer if you wanted to, but. No, I would say that was a bump and what was the term? Bump, I mean, you he, spotted them a couple days ago well there can be combinations the reason you went there is because you had spotted you knew that there had been yeah. deer there. yeah so that was a spot so we stock. walked up there no but but no but i spotted them from the other mountain right see spot. no there's okay, okay. so i was like yeah there's there's deer that's a there combo. And, and and i did spot, spot well most spot. of these things are some kind of combos yeah totally yeah, they're all they're all caught up but the, 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 the but there is just for the sake of the podcast there is a theory of, of, a, of a bump and shoot concept, which is a way you just move through the timber, paying yeah. attention. And I mean, every deer that I, so, so when I'm spot and stalking, I often only see animals through my binoculars first. 
So I'll, I'll right. actually sneak along, get to a tree, oh, yeah, okay. and, I, and I actually look through my binoculars, and 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 then I'll see something obscured. I'll see some uh, uh, ear, the color of a, of a white-tailed buck, a body, I should say, or a leg or something like that, right? Yeah. Whereas when I'm bu- when I'm when I'm bumping shooting, I, I, I'm walking through, and then I'll see the color of a mule's ass, or I'll see with my eyes. I, I don't use my binoculars as much, and then. I see something that looks different. I put my binoculars up. Okay, there's mule deer. That's the difference of like how mule deer are just like binocular wily. Like they like they you, in order to spot a white tail, you have to have your binoculars up. And mule deer, you can spot them with your eyes. Yeah, that's the the, the next level. That like yeah. that's how that's how smart white tails are. You have to see them with your binoculars. If you see them without your binoculars, then you're a missed opportunity. Do it, which is what you'd call bumping and shooting. Like I, well, maybe I don't scare them, but I, I'm just still hunting along. I, I'm not doing anything special. Well, Pete claim that he whitetail hunts with albinos. Yeah, and he's blind. <laughs> and, he's, and he's a really successful hunter. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So what's going he, on there? We, he's just he's really good at going it. real slow and careful. Yeah, and he knows his spots. Yeah, he only hunts two spots. Yeah, you got to learn them. You know? well, yeah, he's not. He doesn't absolutely. have to everywhere. Yeah, but he keeps hunting the one spot until it pays off because he knows that you know there's deer there. Yeah, he's always deer there. Yeah. Anyways, the bump and shoot, you, you something triggers you to stop. Just stop, right? You you're working right along. You see the color of a mule deer's butt, or you see the line of their back or the curve of its what ass. That bump and shoot meant when I they go springing off, and I go, oh Jesus. Oh no, no! I still see them. I see them before they go. Well, yeah, these some of these see the bounce off, sure, but they bounce off and then you chase out. Anyway, the bump and shoot thing. Um, but I guess the last, the last trigger on this, and this is what happened to me tonight, is like eventually you get to a place where you're like, oh, this is like, this is worth still hunting. Like this is like this is yeah, there's all yeah. all the indicators here that I should just slow the hell down and try and hunt this. Like it's it, like it's going to be a. So what was it? What. Uh, the they've been a burn that passed through the hillside there. Well, yeah. for one thing, it was hard to get into this spot. So the first piece is, as, as Jeff talked about earlier, like there's guys everywhere here. So yeah. like every every easy spot that a mule deer can live has been pounded by some some guys or sorry some people. Yeah. Um, I'm not suggesting hunters. Like, hunters. Yeah, hunters. hunters. Yeah. yeah. Gender neutral term. <laughs> um, and then so where I got into was a very difficult piece of terrain to get into, but it happened to have. Once you got into it, it had like a very nice, it opened up into a very nice, uh, gentle, open, well, treed face that had been burnt off by our friend Tom. Yep. Um, Park Ranger Tom had burnt it off. So it had all, the burn had accentuated the, the forage for the, for the, uh, for the mule deer. And it just seemed to be like everywhere I looked, there was more poop, there was more tracks. So it was like, oh, this is a mule deer happy zone, right? Yeah. And once I got in there, I was like, oh, this is nice. And so I slowed down, and then all of a sudden there was a there was a, a little fawn that walked up to me and walked right up to within about ten feet of me. Because she saw the the fawn had seen some movement and yeah. didn't see what it was. And she walked right up to me and was like, stared him in the face. Was like, you're not right. And then she bumped me <laughs> off. But smart one, yeah. Well, it's <laughs> also a good sign there hasn't been a lot of people in there either. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That that made me feel good. So yeah. so then I just still hunted. So I started still hunting from tree to tree, but everything. And then I, I, I took five more steps and I saw a deer's back and I watched that <laughs> deer for a bit. And then I saw another deer over here for a bit. And then I saw another deer up there for a bit. And then I actually 
sneak snuck down a little bit further, and I, and I kind of was gonna just gonna wrap into the next little like gully, and then I saw another deer, and it had antlers on it. Oh, like, <laughs> Jesus! What was this? Oh, tonight. Today. Well, what's going so on? Yeah. What's that? What happened, Dylan? Where is it? Really? So there, gotta wait. So there, I, I'm tagged out. You don't get I them all. I can't shoot it. Right. Oh, I was looking for that black bear. Oh yeah. Right. I forgot about that. Hey, yeah. so another technique that has worked for me once or twice, and that I know other guys do, is sort of your bump and bump and shoot, but you bump them, you just run like hell right after them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, just sprint after them. Yeah, and they make the noise. <laughs> just sprint after them. Like you can't do this everywhere, but if you're in reasonable ground, maybe you can. I'm not much of a sprinter either. Really? <laughs> <laughs> really? So anyway, uh, yeah. So when they go, you go. Yeah, and you run like hell for like maybe 10 seconds, maybe eight seconds, something like that. Not too long because they only run for that long too. Eh? Yeah. And sometimes you'll find them standing there, you know, stop, they stop, you stop, they stop. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. I'm doing that next time. Bump and so, run. So, uh, I first did that. <laughs> I first did that, uh, blacktail hunting and bank around and blacktails are not the brightest of deer. And they usually, like in the old days in the big timber, they felt really secure. They weren't hunted hardly ever. Yeah, you know? right. Just the odd weirder like me go up there, they're after them. <laughs> so you, you could get them that way sometimes. Well, fairly often, eh? If hmm. it was someplace where you could actually run after them for a few minutes, or for, you know. That's well, as, as long as you could probably run full tits, which is 10 seconds means most. Anyway. <laughs> With a gun. Yeah. In a pack. Yeah. So, so then, um, you know, Pete's friend, Lynn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he told me that he used to do that. Now, he's pretty old. Though. Like, I'm, I'm getting older, but he's way older than me. So, he hasn't done it for a long time. But he said he got a few white tails by doing that. Yeah. Because they all run, but they can't hear much when they're running. And they want to know what's going on. So, you've startled them. Yeah. But they don't know what's going on. Yeah, right. So, they run maybe 50 yards or something like that. And then they stop. And they look back and see what the hell's going on. Yeah. Cool. Sometimes it works. No, I, I've done it last two years. I've done that with the whitetail. Oh, yeah. So that one I got, well, it was weird. That one I, I, I missed, I missed that. I, I had snuck up on a, on a group of does. I was looking at it. A group of does, nothing happened. And I like walked up the ridge a bit more. And there was like a, a mature five point feeding on old man's beard and eating up off the snow. And so, Fuck, that looks good. That's a good deer. I should shoot that deer. Um, I went to shoot him, and I shot him, and he buggered off. I thought I had him, but I, I had, I had missed him. And I went down to look where he was feeding. I couldn't. I, I was like walking around. I, I, I got him for sure. I got him for sure. And I look around. I couldn't find any sign of, of, of blood or any, any hair on like that. And then I looked up on the ridge, like. 20 meters from me, he's standing up above me looking at me. Like, what the hell? That's a weird <laughs> fucking whitetail. And I figured he must have been fucking, I must have shot him somewhere and he must be like, I must have shot his sense out of him or something like that, like his fucking whitetail sense. And he, and then as soon as I went to try and shoot him again, he buggered off down the trail. So I just ran after him. Then I ran after him for like about, well, 500 meters and I eventually caught up to him. Oh, really? Oh, I never heard anybody doing that. Yeah. You might and be the only person I know that could run five hundred meters. Long distance bumping around. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and, I sh and he stopped on the trail. I shot him in the back of the head, and he died. And then I looked, 
I looked for the other hole in him, which I thought he must have had another hole in him for being that close to me when I was looking for him. And no other holes, just the one in the back of his head. Yeah. Wow. That was weird. Very weird. That was a strange one. But I've done it twice now where I've chased after whitetails. But, uh, hmm. So it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> Good to know. But definitely with mule deer, we're talking mule deer here. We can't yeah, get, you know, yeah. We'll do another podcast for how to hunt whitetails. It'll be a longer one. But yeah, definitely like just moving through the country, keeping paying attention. And as soon as you see movement, then like maybe just running after the movement. That's probably the best best advice. So, what about time of day though? Like, is there how's that factor into it? Would you start off? still hunting or like generally in this country i feel like you're better off to go on glass first thing in the morning right and that's what we did the other day we i would say we started with a spot and stock and moved into a still that was super windy though too and it was hard to there weren't any deer moving around yeah weather-wise yeah yeah you 80k winds so i so yeah it's a probably a, a general rule like if you're looking into either the alpine openings in this case the grasslands where we're hunting like those mule deer will be out there in the alpine or on the grasslands first thing in the morning for yeah. the first hour of the morning or, or perhaps yeah, maybe for, for a while sometimes like early in the season there in the summer yeah, you know? yeah they'll be out for a bit or, or in the evenings they'll come creeping out but generally speaking we would you know psych out or spot and stock them the first thing in the morning but yeah. as soon as those animals and we and we kind of assume they're, they're going to move back up into their bedding zones and then that's where I would spot and stock or sorry I would still hunt or so bump and shoot for, so, so yeah. the idea of spot and stalking first thing in the morning I think the flaw in that is that everybody likes doing it Right. Drive around and look at things and stuff. Before you notice, know it, like it's noon, we might as well have a beer. And, uh, you know, like you never did. Have, beer. You never yeah. did actually go out. And uh, so, like that, the first thing in the morning might be the most successful time for your spot and stock, but it's also going to be your most successful time for still hunting through for the still bush. Still hunting, yeah. Yeah. And I think you're the, the, uh, the odds are so much better still hunting through the bush that you should just go still hunting through the bush. Forget the spot and stock. And I guess. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. I've killed way more deer. Like, I mean, all, like, if I had just come here for those 20 years that I hunted in right. those alpine areas, I would have, I would have a deer every year, which I <laughs> yeah. probably still did. But like, yeah, definitely that, that, the. Well, that alpine hunting, it's just a totally different experience. It's so anyway, much so, fun. Yeah. Right. It's so much fun. And I think I'm getting better at it now. Like, I could probably get one every year now if I. That's yeah. early season. Early season. Yeah. yeah. Nice no, weather. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's hot and sunny. Lie around no. in the shade and snooze you, you all can't get, You know, no, you can't get one every year. There's, it's just like sheep hunting. You cannot get one every year because. No, because things are going to come into life. Everything has to work out, right? So, like, yeah, you get the weather. Like, Karen and I had a great hunt last year. We were, like, we had, we were on, we had four bucks lined up for the next day that we were going to go after. We seen them the night before. We could probably have got to one or two of them the night before. But we we're like, oh no, no, let's wait. Let's go after them tomorrow. Then we can get, like we'll get one of those four bucks tomorrow, and uh, and then a snowed a foot, and that was it. <laughs> You're we were done. Fucked. Yeah. We had to go home. We almost died yeah. to get home. Oh Jesus! <laughs> but I mean, but that's that is the alpine experience. It, it, like is you can get so incredibly exciting, but it, the 
the, the environmental factors that will uh yeah so actually too i mean i've hunted all over bc and i only know of a couple spots where i'd even bother trying it yeah and mostly i'd go to them because it's so neat anyway yeah yeah it's not productive it's neat yeah yeah. yeah, the alpine, yeah. Hunt, the alpine hunts. Oh, just wandering around up there is yeah. so much oh, fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh. I do. You, you must just don't even bother taking a gun. Yeah, they just call go up that there and hiking. Around. Huh? Yeah, that's hiking. That's, that's hiking. hiking. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So I prefer to do my hiking with the impairment of a ten pounds of guns and yeah. binoculars and God knows what else. I'm. Yeah. Would you tree stand from your door? Oh, no. Hmm. Well, maybe if you were in if you were in Alberta or somewhere there was. Like oh, they a, were they were coming to fields or something like that. Yeah, eh? yeah, no, not here though. Okay. Yeah. Hello. What would you do that for whitetail? Though? What's so? What's the thought process there? What for whitetail? Yeah. Well, it's just a whitetailer considerably harder to uh, still hunt. So you want to be you so, want them to wander by in so a good I mean, area. If you. If you can put a stand, say, up in a tree or something, and you can actually sit there for, you know, however many days the average deer takes to get shot in a, from a tree stand, yeah, uh, your odds, unless you're pretty goddamn skilled at still hunting, are much higher. In a stand. In a stand. For yeah. a whitetail. Yeah. Mm. But, I don't know, I've never, I've never been any good at that, and I wouldn't dare sit in a tree because I just fall asleep. Fall asleep. Yeah. Wake up to, yeah. Yeah, I would never wake up. Fall out of the tree. (laughs) I brought I bought a tree stand a few years ago, and uh, so I was I got a couple of big trees right in my yard. So I'm putting the tree stand up there, and I'm playing around on it, eh? trying to get figure out how you're supposed to do all this. And uh, there was a little issue with our with our hydro that day. So I'm 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 screwing around on the tree stand, and these hydro guys come up. Two trucks come because they had been. Supposed to do some other job they couldn't do that day, so they were just driving around with nothing to do in the afternoon, so they came to fix our little insulator thing. Yeah. Well, these guys see the tree stand, and they say, don't go up there. You're going to die. Don't go up there. Have you got a safety Have you got a safety harness? And I did have a safety harness, right? Because they, they can't sell you a tree stand with a safety harness. Really? Well, but yeah, but the safety harness is just a joke. And they're going, this guy, guy grabs it and throws it away. He says, don't go up there. Don't go up there. We'll get you the bucket. Yeah. <laughs> it's Jesus. Go and he says, bucket. oh, even the safety strap, he says, if you fall and you're hanging from that safety strap, you'll be dead in 15 mm. minutes. <laughs> he says, you're better off to not have it. Because then at least you'll fall to the ground and you may only break your leg or something. And you might be fine. God, was, they were all just so vehemently against that. Eh? That uh, I went up that tree stand once and I, went, I never went back. That it's still leaning against the tree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Sometimes I go and visit it. Read on. Larry likes his tree stands. Yeah, but he's crazy anyway. Yeah, but but he 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 oh, he's probably never shot a mule deer for a tree stand. No, that's okay. That's my question. Yeah. So, so it's definitely a whitetail thing. Yeah. Because. Necessary. Well, it's necessary. Like it's it's definitely like yeah. It's hard. It's hard to get a white tail without a tree set. Well, without being still. So okay. come into your spot till a white tail comes in. Yeah. yeah. And there's something to be said for like sitting in a spot, whether it's in a tree or in a blind, or just sitting up on a stump, which it's is hard like, to do. 
but it's something to be said for a new hunter because oh man, if you're gonna if you're gonna have your first experience of a deer presenting itself to you, like yeah, absolutely having the time to be like, oh my god, this deer, oh my god, it's a buck, oh my god, it's legal, totally, holy shit, I'm gonna shoot it, that and it's still walking experience. in and it's yeah. like presenting itself, and you got all the time in the world to like be like, okay, and deal with your nerves and focus on shooting it, and then eventually like. You know. If you're still awake after sitting there for that, six hours. Well, yeah. and that hasn't been my experience in tree stands either because, well, I guess I was in Larry's shooting gallery and it's pretty narrow. Mm-hmm. So you, you're sitting there. Yeah, you could be paying attention. You got to be paying attention and your fingers have got to be thought out yeah. and you got to be ready to go. <laughs> and then all of a sudden there it is and it's walking at a reasonable clip and you're, you're shooting, well, I don't know, at 100 yards is five meters and you're like, Three hours in, you're like, whoa! And, and it's all over. And, and no, to me, you don't <laughs> have to yeah. five yeah. seconds. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not into it. It's insane. No, but I do appreciate it for the fact that if you're a new hunter, and that is a great starting point. Like, the, totally. It, it, like, it's way more, like, all the deer that I see when I hunt, when I'm still hunting, or when I'm, well, actually, when I'm, whatever I call it, bump and shooting, like, they know I'm there, right? So, yeah. Like, I don't, I have to be 100% on as far as, like, uh, just shooting them, right? Like, I have to be, like, 100% confident they're going to shoot them. Whereas, like, it's really nice when they, if if you're in the stand, they're walking by, their heads are down. You could, like, fumble it around, get comfortable. Yeah, get, get ready to shoot them. Set up. Yeah. Whereas, it's not the same. I disagree 100%. Well, never wait till hunting the wheel. So, yeah. We're not we're 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 this, this is the wheelchair hunting podcast. So, you can, well, we can mix it up. No, no, you can jump in on that. We'll, we'll, we'll do this again in <laughs> November 11th and 12th, and we'll talk about We'll get there. Know. We'll get there. But maybe we should wrap this up. We're over an hour now. So, you guys have been right. great. Thanks for doing this. We talked a little bit about mm-hmm. all the, you know, how we help meal deer and, <laughs> and everything else. else. Everything else. Yeah. And so, so, thanks for doing this, guys. And <laughs> yeah. we got to get one more deer tomorrow, and Jeff's going to get a. You bet. You'll meet tomorrow, and I don't know where we're going to go. Can I have one little thing before right, yeah, winding yeah. up here? Cool, I yeah. just like to say that you know, like living in BC, we have some really wonderful places to hunt mule deer, like alpine places and that, right, where you can go and hunt. And, yeah, and these are rare things in the world. Yeah. Mm. So you should try it. Yeah, and appreciate it. Well, it's yeah, funny because no I, I just got put on a new spot. This year. I thought I kind of had them all figured out. Being kind of very, you know, I'm 43 and I and I have a new list. Yeah. So oh, I did too. So, yeah. yeah, very connected as to where the, all the good spots are. And a, and a buddy of Jesse Jesse Seaman, a good friend of mine, it's just says, you know, you should go down here. Maybe if you're in that area, you should just book down here and have a look. And I went down there and had a look at it, and and I actually saw that I actually saw the biggest mule deer I've ever seen in my life, and and we and we were very we were lucky enough to get it. It's this tremendous mule deer. Which is like, you know, after fucking yep. doing this for 30 years, fucking around. Still figuring it out. Still figuring it out. And some guy gives you a hot tip on a spot and you're like, wow, yeah. Jesus Christ. And the, and the part that, that makes it even more interesting is that, that we got the one, we, we killed the one deer that was beautiful. But we actually spotted another one that was, might have been bigger. <laughs> in another spot. And, and we could have got it. And we, 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 we actually got up on it real close. But, um, any event, it was, it was, there's so many places to explore it. So even someone who's been exploring and looking and trying yeah. to figure this stuff out for a lifetime, 
there's still more places to, to figure out. So go there, explore, figure it out. And uh, it is really special. We're very lucky to have this wealth of, well, habitat and wilderness to explore. So, And the diversity of this province yeah. Yeah. continues yeah. to blow my mind, yeah. especially on this hunt. Yeah, no doubt. I told my workmates where I was going. I Dylan invited me on this trip. I Sure, I'm in. Why'd you tell them? You didn't tell them where you were exactly. <laughs> and they looked at they looked up. She's like, it's beautiful there. I was like, oh. She's like, you didn't, you didn't look that up? You didn't know? No. <laughs> no, I hadn't. Yeah. No, because you knew you were going somewhere beautiful. It's going to show up. And he, he knew. I try not to ever go and hunt places that aren't beautiful. Yeah. No. Like, we've got like, enough of them. I'm never going to cover them in a lifetime. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's oh, what I learned from Jeff. Is you might go, if you're going to hunt somewhere, go hunt somewhere beautiful. When I go mountain biking. Yeah. I at like the end of the day, aesthetic. at least you got that. Mountain bike ride. Yeah, if the I trees are big that. and there's not old man's beard and I'm biking through something where I don't, like if the trail's great and it's really good biking, that's fine. But I like an aesthetic mountain bike ride. Yeah. And that's yeah. how I like to hunt. And that's I how like I learned from Jeff. Is he invited to hunt somewhere nice? The aesthetic is key. Good food. <laughs> so, so <laughs> actually, I actually, this is how I learned from Jeff. Is that like, like, Everywhere I where Jeff hunts is, is fucking beautiful. <laughs> so I know I'm in the right spot because it's nice as <laughs> fucking this Jeff spot. And like, it may, not, it may not be the most productive spot, but if you hang out there long enough, you'll kill a deer. So, you know, that's yeah, good. You can hang out in the nicest spots. And if you have the nice spots, you get a deer eventually. There might be better spots, but all right. But I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the nicest spot, and I'll. You I'll get other guys like Pete. He professes to always go to the ugliest spot. Yeah, and he kills deer too. But I'd rather <laughs> hang out with. I, I like I like your your theory. I hang out in the nice yeah, spot. Thank so. you. Totally. Yeah. Anyways, well, thanks for doing this, guys. And uh, we'll we'll maybe we'll check in again at Whitetail Camp. All right, we'll check out. Thanks, good. Thanks, Dylan. Bye. Right.